The skies are gonna clear up, put on a happy face. Brush off the clouds and cheer up, put on a happy face. Take off the gloomy mask of tragedy, it's not your style. You look so good that you'll be glad you decided to smile. Pick out a pleasant outlook, stick out that noble chin. Wipe off that full of doubt look, slap on a happy grin. And spread sunshine all over the place. Put on a happy face. When Hello and welcome to Broadway Radio's This Week on Broadway for Sunday, June 13th. 2021. My name is James Marino, and in the broadcast today, we have Peter Felissa, Genetessa Fox, and Michael Portantier. Peter is a playwright, journalist, and historian with a number of books. His columns appear at Masterworks Broadway, Broadway Select, and many other places. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Oh, you know, we're not doing good morning anymore, so good day. <laughs> good day. Good day. Also with us is Genetessa Fox. Jenna has been writing about theater for more than 10 years for numerous pub- publications, including Playbill, Broadway World, Time Out, HowlRound. She's a voting member of the Drama Desk Awards and is a contributor to Broadway Radio. Hello, Jenna. Good day to you, sir. Good day. Good day. <laughs> also with us is Michael Portantier. Michael is a theater reviewer and essayist. He's the founder and editor of castalbumreviews.com. He is also a theatrical photographer whose photos have appeared in the New York Times and other major publications. You can see his photography work at followspotphoto.com. Good morning, Michael. Good day. Good day. Oh, I screwed that up again. Mm-hmm. It really is like a, a cue for a song from She Loves Me. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I get to be Alona. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I was Alona last time, so yeah. that's, you could do it this time. Some news for listeners. Uh, next week, which is the 20th, uh, on Sunday the 20th, the three of us will not be here. So... There will be a This Week on Broadway, but Peter, Michael, and I will not be here. Instead, Matt Tamanini, Ashley Steves, and Grace Aki will be here. So uh, letting the kids take over the ship for a week, and then uh, the three of us will return next week. So stay tuned for them. So with us this morning, we have a very special guest joining us from Kansas City. Everything is coming up in Kansas City. Marilyn May is joining us uh, via Zoom. Uh, She is just uh, a legend, a legend in the recording and cabaret circuit and all over the entertainment entertainment world. And we really, really appreciate you getting up on a Sunday morning and talking with us, Marilyn. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you. Well, I remember first meeting Marilyn May when she checked into a hotel where I was a desk clerk. I had just heard <laughs> Step to the Rear driving into uh, and she came in. Oh. And what a surprise it was to find the person I had just heard on the radio uh, be checking into the hotel. You were an excellent guest, Marilyn. You didn't call down for more towels. You didn't complain about the heat in your room. You were terrific. So um, but I remember learning that um, you were um destined uh, to be in show business because your mother was a very big fan of Marilyn Miller. And that's where you got your name. I remember you telling me that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What what hotel where? <laughs> it was a Ramada Inn in uh, Brighton, Massachusetts. In Brighton, Massachusetts. Yeah. 
you were doing a gig in Boston, I guess, you know, so uh, but we had uh, we had an arrangement with the RCA Victor uh, recording artists. And so a lot of them stayed there, including you. Oh, my gosh, Peter, you're older, aren't you? That's- yes. No question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even remember that. Well, why would you? I mean, really? But nevertheless, um, but I do remember Marilyn Miller and some of our listeners may not know who Marilyn Miller was, but I'm sure um, you can tell them. Well, she was a, a musical comedy star um, of Broadway. And uh, uh, what did she do? What was what was the uh, show she did? Look for the Silver Lining. Look for the song. Silver Lining was her big song. No question. The show was called Sally. But Sally, um, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, so glad you looked it up. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and my mother loved her and my mother loved the movies and and mother played piano. She played really good piano. She played stride. <laughs> oh, no, that left hand is very busy with stride. And uh, and she could transpose. And she decided she would have a girl and, and she would be a singer. And mother was a very strong person. So, so all of that came true. But she started me singing when I was three years old. We, we entered amateur contests when I was nine. Wow. <laughs> so uh, uh, was there any similarity between your mother and Rose and Gypsy? Uh, not at all. I wish Good. there had been. Oh. I, I would have been a star. <laughs> <laughs> you are a star, Marilyn. <laughs> I, wish that had, I wish that had been true because she wasn't, she wasn't pushy at all. Um, but she, uh, but she wanted me, she knew that I should sing in tune and she knew, and, and God gave me good time. So, um, rhythmic time. So between God and mother, I'm still working. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. Yes, you are indeed. And I also remember you, you're telling me that your cousin, um, Joy Hodges, um, was in, I'd rather be right. The Rogers and Hart musical where she introduced, have you met Miss Jones? So, uh, Cohan. Oh, he loved her. And and she was a starlet with Universal Pictures. She was like my sister. And ah. that ring, Michael, you've probably seen that ring that I wear all the time. It's a star sapphire. And that was mm. Joy's and uh, uh, very meaningful to me. I wouldn't do a performance without without wearing it. I'm very wow. suspicious about it. She was um, she, too, was uh, very ambitious for me and wanted me to to succeed in the business. And um, she started and then she married well and kind of went on. However, she did, um, one of her last days was she replaced, uh, she was back on Broadway in a a show. And I'll tell you later the name of the show. I can't remember. I remember. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. No, 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 Nanette. It was no, no, Nanette. And she replaced what artist? Ruby Keeler. Thank you. (laughs) That's why I've got you, Peter. (laughs) No, I I remember when she took over, I thought, oh, yeah, that's Marilyn May's cousin, because you had mentioned her, um, you know, as as being also uh, in uh, the title character in Nellie Bly, uh, a musical back in the 40s. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, those were good times. We had a good conversation, as you can tell. Oh, I, I'm so thrilled. That's true. I, I, we were very, very close and, and a very small family. So, so we, uh, we were sisters more than cousins. And um, um, she, she loved the fact that she loved the fact that I was recording for RCA and, and uh, the Johnny Carson show and those, oh, she was took great pride in that. <laughs> 
Well, Peter mentioned Step to the Rear. Uh, you know, there were so many things about Marilyn's incredible career that are so fascinating. But I think one of the most fascinating things is, I, I believe you were one of the last people to really have hits with Broadway show tunes right as the rock era was beginning. Oh. And, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I thought I would love for you to tell us about it because, I, I, you know, what was the general feeling? Do you remember conversations with, you know, people at RCA about, well, should I do this or, or should I do? Because you also, in addition to Step to the Rear, you had a big hit with the title song from Cabaret. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was maybe your biggest hit, mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, Golden Rainbow, that title mm -hmm. song. Right. And uh, Hello, Dolly, that, that title song. And Sherry. And Sherry, Sherry, yes, yeah. yeah. So, can you talk a little bit of, if you remember what the what the discussion was? In the well, I, I when I, I was um, I was on the Steve Allen show. I'll have to go back to the beginning, and um, I, I I had done performed in Kansas City with my husband, who was a great pianist, for many many years. Well eight years in one small little club in Kansas City, except in the summertime, we would go to Las Vegas and my daughter was still in school. So we would, uh, when, when she was out of school in the summertime, we would, we would leave the little place in Kansas City and go to, to Las Vegas and Lake Tahoe and work those clubs. And then in, in September, we would go right back to Kansas City and back to this little room where Steve Allen saw me. And Steve Allen took me to his major show in California maybe five, six times. And on the last show before the Steve Allen show went off the air, an, uh, an executive from RCA saw me. And that was Joe Rene. He, he was a great, he was a musician. So he, he played trumpet and his wife, <laughs> his wife played accordion. <laughs> and, and they, they were, they were great, great jazz lovers. And, and um, they knew, you know, Joe really knew what he was doing. And, and when he heard me, he took me to RCA to, to um, uh, record. And, and I had said, well, but, but Joe, I, I had an offer from Dot, Dot label. <laughs> uh -huh. And he I said, no, Dot. no, no, I want to take you to RCA. And I want, I'm going to, we're going to record you with a full orchestra. It's going to be a big deal. And, uh, and it was, but that was 1965. And, and we mm. did well, we did seven, we did seven albums and 30 some singles on the label. And Joe was so hip, but in the middle of all that, Joe retired. He got close to his retirement and retired. And I and I was given to Jim Fogelsong, who was an A&R man, who was in a different bag. I don't think Jim really understood me, and uh, but was was great to me. He didn't really understand what I did, so I was given a lot of a lot of. Um, Oh, I don't know. Very commercial songs that that uh, uh, were a little different. Step to the Rear was one of them. You know, it was kind of a march around the breakfast table type song. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was given um, step, but step to the Rear. so Jim took it over. And and in the middle of all that came the Beatles. You know. Mm. And it was a whole new world in the recording industry and and in the in the radio with the the tunes that were being played were of a different style than I. I always say, had I been found in the 40s, then it would have been a, a different, you know, with the the uh, people that were recording in the in the 40s. Maybe my life would have been a lot different, but but it was a difficult time. Step to the rear was good to me because it was um, a Lincoln Mercury commercial. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but you know, for all the talk about uh, rock and what have you. 
I mean, Herman's Hermits, who are a big group. They're actually hermits now. I mean, look at you. You're still here. Exactly. <laughs> Good times and bum times. <laughs> Marilyn celebrated her 93rd birthday on April 10th. Oh. <laughs> wow. Happy belated. Yes, indeed, to say the least. I was singing in at the Wick Theater in Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> oh, <night>. wow. <laughs> Now, I know that you did a recording of uh, a song from Sophie, I Love You Today, um, which was written by Steve Allen. Did that actually happen because you were on a show and he said, listen, I got this song I'd love you to record? Is that what happened? Uh, Not really. Um, When we it was on the first album and called Meet Marvelous Marilyn May. And and uh, we wanted Steve, of course, because it it was through Steve's show that it was it was fitting that he write the liner notes on the album. And it was fitting that I do a song of his, which is a great, great song. You know, he wrote over 8000 songs. Yeah. Guinness Book of Records for having written 8000 songs. And this is one of the really good ones. And um, so uh, we, we did that on the first album and he wrote the liner notes. Mm-hmm. 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 So as uh, as musical tastes changed, how did your musical repertoire evolve? Uh, I didn't change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't think it has changed with people of great taste. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we have packed houses of people that love the great American songbook. And that's that's what I'm about. And uh, we have people who really do love the music and and they react to it and come back to it all the time and uh, when i work so i think that that it's uh, i know the recording industry certainly has changed but mm. but but not for me as far as performance is concerned but mm-hmm. it, it's interesting if you watch marilyn's old clips from the hollywood palace and places like that there's one uh where and i can't remember where the other song is but you do a medley of two songs and one of them is a show tune and the other one is spinning wheel that <laughs> song that was made famous by what Wedding goes t- up we're trying to join them we were trying to join the pack you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must come down uh, well uh, incidentally though i did think that was a great group that, that, that did that and I, I loved everything they did but they were kind of not kind really of, rock not really was, rock it was kind of hip jazz you know yeah yeah, yeah. sure yeah, yeah it was it was <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, you have, uh, uh, I'm seeing at least 35 albums out that you've done, uh, and the technology has changed so much. In you know, from the 60s, it was a it was a major undertaking to make an album. To these days, where you can almost record an album uh, by yourself in your in your home. Right. Uh, you've uh, back when it was a major undertaking and a very expensive proposition. You had to really pick and choose which songs you really wanted to do. Was there something that uh, along the way that you discarded that you thought maybe I should go back to it or that you're sad that you didn't get a chance to record? Well, I keep going back to the songs I did record mm-hmm. uh, in those first albums um, because Joe had the same kind of taste I did. He would. He also 
um, heard me and my great pianist husband. Um, he was a, a fabulous pianist, and he and I had done these arrangements, many many arrangements in a little club as a trio, you know. And and he heard those arrangements, and all they did, he just turned them over to Manny Album, and um, and you know the 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 people that the arrangers, he he turned the trio, the recording of the trio, the way we did it to him and then they just orchestrated it to full orchestra so that was a thrill in the first um the second album was live at the living room and that was back to the little trio and we were doing we were doing tunes that i that i chose to do and then all of a sudden they were bringing songs for me to record because we were getting great airplay maybe not great sales but but the airplay was fantastic um in new york uh, oh years ago tell me the great the the, the um the name of the man that was so predominant with with a record with the playing playing the disc jockey that was so so prominent and give me his name <laughs> i wish i could Anyway, he 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 played me a lot, and we were getting great airplay, and the um and the idea of that. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they were bringing these tunes to me before the Broadway show opened. Mm. It brought various Broadway shows, and I didn't know what commitment singer meant, but they had committed that they would do a recording of that song before the show opened, so that the disc jockey could play it, and they and they step to the rear was from How Now Dow Jones, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they played that a lot. And Tommy Toon was in the chorus at the time. That's right. Yeah. And wow. He said we were always so thrilled when we when we would we were in rehearsal and we would hear that that song, you know, and we knew there's our song. And I don't think the show was very successful, but the song was very successful mm-hmm. to me because Lincoln Mercury heard it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, an executive's wife heard it and said, you know, there's this song with this singer, um, Marilyn May told her husband and a big executive from Lincoln Mercury called and said, we want you to record it as a singing commercial. So that was my monetary hit mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when the commercial uh, for about four years, they ran it and uh, it, which took me in a different, you know, and then the Carson show came and that was very good to me. And we did that often. Um, Michael, I think the, the, um, the what goes up must come down was on the Ed Sullivan show, uh-huh. and maybe, and maybe oh, I, yeah. and I bet I did it on Hollywood Palace too. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't remember where that one was from, but it's it's so well, great. It's it was great. it was so fun. Uh, you know, in those days, we don't have any any television shows these days with that full orchestra for the singer sure. for the performance of of what we do these days. I think that's why people kind of flock to the nightclubs and the the Feinstein's 54 below and and uh, and Birdland and all those places they come to hear it, you know. So we just did a, an engagement at Wick Theater in Boca Raton, uh-huh. Florida and we had four nights of full houses and and then uh, we added another night um it seems as though they're kind of hungry to hear all those great songs what was it like oh i'm sorry no i'm sorry please go ahead no what was it like to appear on these you know classic television programs ed sullivan tonight show uh you know at that time, when you like you said, they had full orchestras. The, you know, obviously, it was very different from the rather minimalist uh, setup that they have now. Uh, um, you know, I don't know how thrilled I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was so busy traveling and working, and um, I knew it was important. I knew, uh, you know, the, the, the thrilling part to me was the full orchestras that uh, I did Ed Sullivan, I think, three times. And uh, one time was with the Buddy Rich Band. And that's when I met Buddy and we did several gigs after that together. But um, uh, I, I was so busy working and, and I was thrilled. Um, I just knew that I had to be good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that I had to make a, a difference in uh, the performance had to be really great and and um, um, impress. But um, I was so busy traveling and working that I I probably I look back and think, gee, I, I, that was quite thrilling. <laughs> well, Marilyn was so good that Johnny Carson had her on The Tonight Show 76 times mm. oh my goodness wow. one for each of those trombones indeed <laughs> wow. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Uh, the other thing uh, that i remember too hearing about you that uh, step to the rear was used um to promote the governor of iowa it was. Um, and uh, indeed, um, he used it every time that he wanted to uh, run and uh, did very well. And I, there was I think I recall hearing something about his opponent uh, had some sort of slogan like um, I, I, I have an agenda, not a song, you know, and uh, <laughs> and he lost. Actually, actually Peter, was that Peter? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm ready. Actually, um, I, I love that. I love it that you remember that. Uh, Robert D. Ray was his name, and he won six unprecedented <laughs> six consecutive terms in a row. Wow. And and um, he just absolutely was a he was a, a gentleman from oh he was just a fabulous man when they called me to do the to do the song as as a commercial <laughs> if you will as a campaign song mm-hmm. um i was pleased and um uh we and we did it you know each year for that he ran and um six times and and um i think on the third time they used the commercial so much they they had they used some they advertised so much on the radio advertise well i guess so yeah yeah, yeah. let's face it yeah i I guess so and um uh so the the opponent whomever he was we don't remember we i remember robert d right (laughs) i remember that Mm -hmm. name but the opponent put out bumper stickers in those days you know Uh on, on the back of cars and and um it said that if you don't like what's happening in Iowa, don't blame me, blame Marilyn. Wow. Oh, wow. Was I thrilled? <laughs> wow. I love oh. that. Is that oh, that's, fun? <laughs> wow, that's something. All right. Now, here you are singing songs in nightclubs, cabarets, what have you. But I know that you've played Mame, you've played Dolly. Um, how did that happen, the jump from going from the nightclubs to uh, theater? The nightclubs closed, <laughs> ah, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, an awful lot of them did. And and uh, there wasn't any place to work. Well, and I was offered I was offered the uh, first I did the part of Pistache um, in Can Can mm-hmm. at uh, uh, Starlight Theater in Kansas City, ah. where where I had been working for many years and we broke all attendance records. I, I guess everybody came to see what the hell could she do ah. as, as an actress <laughs> And they added lots of Cole Porter songs. You know, they added two other songs from mm, by Cole mm. Porter because of the show and because I was a singer. And uh, they had been open for 20 years and we broke all attendance records. It seats uh, 
thousand people mm. um, the Starlight Theater. It's open air, and I love doing that. It was different for me. Of course, I fell in love with my leading man, ah. and, and then I met him years later, and I thought, "What was I thinking?" Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to go through stages like that. That's right. <laughs> yep. Speaking of which, another one of Marilyn's wonderful roles was Sally in Follies in a great production with uh, Harvey Evans, John John Cullum, and Julia Prowse at where? In in Houston, it was the opening of of this beautiful center, Wortham Center, it was called, and it is called, and it was the grand opening of that. They brought the original cast um, down to for the opening for the grand opening, and uh, it was a thrill to meet all of them. But but the um, the, the being with Juliet Prowse was a joy, and and uh, and Harvey Harvey Evans was we now oh. we, we still are yes you're right he is an O isn't he wonderful <laughs> he is just a joy precious angel and was so much help to me because that was a little different part for me mm-hmm. um, you know pistache was fun um, Dolly of course I I live Dolly you know that's that's great and and I was doing Dolly as I was doing um, Mame we did Mame too in Houston in the um, in in their music hall there and Mame was uh, I always wanted to do Mame because she you know she's so in charge and all those great songs mm-hmm. and then hello Dolly I've done in several theaters and, and and uh, never on Broadway, but 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 as I always say, some very prestigious theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so, but I love doing uh, I love doing that. I just wanted to sing different songs after the second week, and they said, no, 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 you have to stick to these songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to say that archival videos exist of of at least two of those shows, the Follies and Hello Dolly, and they are archival videos. They're not bootlegs. They were done by the theaters. So um, that exists. Is, is, is Folly, is Folly, uh, have you seen that, Michael? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? I oh. haven't seen that myself. Oh, my. Then, you know, I got, I, I had an opportunity to, to, to do a Carlotta in, um, in San Diego. And uh, I was thrilled about that. They, I, I had, I had called when they were doing auditions, and they said, "Well, we've already given Sally away." And um, <laughs> and I said, "Well, what else? What's left? <laughs> <laughs> what song is left? The showstopper. You can get yeah, the showstopper. Right, right, yeah. Well, Indeed. you know, losing my mind stopped the show too, though. Jenna, it did. You know, losing my mind that that Sally does. She, mm, she sure. Does. And we did every night, and then, uh, and then, yes, uh, I'm still here. Does does stop the show, and we're I'm still doing it. I just did it. I work at a place called Crooners uh, a couple of weeks ago for a week uh, in Minneapolis. It's a beautiful club that has two beautiful rooms inside, but because of all that's been happening, they bought a tent. They bought a great big enormous tent that can seat 110 people distanced. And so I worked the tent, you know, <laughs> for for uh, a week, and uh, uh, and it was great, you know. It, I, I practiced my high wire act, and I was real good doing that. And um, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> so uh, you have mentioned that you've you've been uh, doing a few things. You mentioned you were in Florida. You're getting back to your schedule of uh, of live performances. You have a, a number of things coming up. Um, you have your streaming show Feinstein's Fifty Four Below. It's going to continue streaming through June nineteenth. In in uh, it is. I don't know that. Good. Yeah. Yes. In in July at Hudson Hall in Hudson, New York, and we're then be in, yes, it, it has at the uh, Opera House in Hudson, New York, July 1. That's my next um, uh, appearance, uh, July 1st and July 2nd. We're so thrilled about that because I've never never worked that uh, uh, Opera House in, in Hudson, New York, so we're looking forward to it. As a, a, a man that, that studies, um, takes um, the art of performance classes from me, and um, uh, he's, a, he's a darling guy, and um, he's, he's one of the men who lives in Hudson, New York, John Philip is his name, and he's my guest artist on, on my show. So it'll be great. It'll be I was fun. telling Marilyn about that venue because I have been there and she has not yet. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's really one. It's, an, it's a renovated old opera house, but they renovated it. Um, uh, they turned it into uh, – it's got like a, a – a, a, of the the regular floor uh, so it can have uh, table seating or, you know, they can s- set up chairs they in say, rows. Yeah. They say they've turned it into kind of a, a cabaret feeling in a theater yeah. uh, with tables. And, and yet even in further back there, there are just individual seats too, which I'm thrilled about. I think they're, they're sold out on opening night and then they've added another night. They've added July 2nd. So that'll be, be fun. And John is, is going to do a, a great, it's exciting because it's uh, his uh, debut of this particular number. So we're going to have fun, John Philip. And Marilyn, uh, you know, pretty much hibernated like the rest of us during pandemic, but she did perform live in Provincetown last summer. We did. We did a show um, out on a patio, a, a hotel patio, and uh, I always do the art house in P-Town. We'll be going back there uh, for two weeks, the first two weeks in uh, September um, at the art house, which is a little darling theater uh, right on Commercial Street. But last summer we had to, of course, if we weren't outdoors, we wouldn't work. Right. And they they put together this wonderful patio on the Crown and Anchor Hotel uh, patio. And I had the ocean on one side and they had a wonderful stage and beautiful lighting and great sound uh, but the ocean was on one side and the swimming pool was on the other <laughs> so i was a little, a little inexperienced with dealing with the wind in my mouth oh no <laughs> it was a little difficult in that respect but uh, the the people were very very careful with their masks and the distance eating and and uh, it was it was great fun uh, then we went to that tent. We went to that tent up in Minneapolis after that, and that was the same thing. People were very careful, but we were we were in the tent. Then I did do a gig on a driveway here, here in Kansas City, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't say drive in. Driveway was on the on a driveway. <laughs> the, the, the local musicians, uh, three of whom I I travel. There's a guitar man that I I bring where I am, and he lives here in Kansas City. And he called and he said, "You know, we're doing, we're doing a gig on 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 in this driveway, and everybody brings their lawn chairs and sets them up on the lawn. And there's a vacant lot across the street, so we can have even more lawn chairs over there. We have a sound system." 
him and an electric piano. And we would want to, you know, and I said, oh, great. I want to come and hear you. So so we did. We got in the car and and came in. The guitar man had his name is Rod Fleeman. And he headed toward me and he said, he said, now, first you're going to do. And I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I came to hear you. <laughs> no, no, no. First, you're going to sing the, the, the Fats Waller medley and then you're going to do <laughs> all kinds of. He already had the, the set list figured out for me to sing. But but what an innovative way to do. They played it every week and passed the kitty and blessed their hearts. You know, they played the driveway and, and had a ball doing it. Well, that is wonderful. Marilyn, I want to thank you so much for joining mm. us on Broadway Radio. It's been really wonderful to talk with you. Uh, Peter Felicia is heading out to uh, Music Theater Wichita next week, so uh, perhaps the oh, two of you Peter. can head out there. Your hometown. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Tell me what you're doing real fast. Well, um, they're doing Mirette, a show by Jones and Schmidt that rarely gets done. So I certainly want to see it, even though I saw it 22 years ago at uh, Goodspeed. But that's where I'm going. Where where will it be? Where where in Wichita? Music Music Theater of Wichita. They have a wonderful theater there. um, uh, They're doing an outdoor thing, so they're not in their usual convention center space. Oh, Michael, you're going to so that I I know the dates and the times. Oh, I'm telling you, this is quite an operation. I mean, uh, quite an operation indeed. So um, they've they've been doing it for close to 50 years, and um, it really is quite a thing out there in Wichita. So so when you go back home... I was born in Wichita. I know. So as a result, when, when you go home, you know, I mean, um, make sure you take in a show because uh, I haven't been there for 93 years, but I, ah, I see. <laughs> well, it's time for a return. Don't right? you think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do it once every 93 years. That's go back, right. you know, you know, pace yourself. Yeah. Good. So oh, thank you, Michael. I love you. And oh, love so you nice too, to too. meet all of you. Indeed. People. All right. Until Wonderful then. to meet you. Thank Bye. you. This Week on Broadway is being brought to you by ExpressVPN. Most people don't understand the implications of privacy on the Internet. If you want to see it for yourself, go to Google, Facebook, or Amazon and search for something you would never search for, say, uh, ranch-flavored Doritos. I bet you that over the next week, you will see advertisements for ranch-flavored Doritos on all different websites. How do they know that? But they won't know it if you're using ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like taking a call on a train or a bus on speakerphone for everyone to hear. Don't be that person. So why does everybody need ExpressVPN? An internet service provider like Comcast or Verizon know every single website you visit. And then ISPs turn around and can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who can use your data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure and encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't peep on your online activity. So fire up the app, click one button, and you're connected. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, and The Verge. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I don't want my proclivity for ranch-flavored Doritos known to everyone else, and neither should you. ExpressVPN is easy and fast, and it protects me. So secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash broadwayradio. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio. We'd like to thank ExpressVPN for continuing to sponsor Broadway Radio. 
Michael, this week uh, we had a lot of film news, but the one that we're going to talk about that everybody doesn't expect us to talk about is Tick, Tick, Boom. We got a trailer for it. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to mention it because when last week we mentioned uh, three of the major musicals that mu- musical movies that Michael, are- which three are they? Well, yes, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> West Side Story. Oh yeah, that one is Kelly Mc- Kelly O'Hara in that. <laughs> I don't think so, but it it looks really good. And Dear Evan Hansen, and In the Heights, which has opened, and I have seen it not yet on the big screen. I'm going Monday. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. Uh, but then the other one is also. Uh, also very much has Lin-Manuel Miranda involved as director, and that is Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, the Jonathan Larson musical in which uh, Lin-Manuel played the central role of John in the uh, City Center Encores production, and now he's directing this movie with Andrew Garfield in the lead. One reason I didn't mention uh, Tick, Tick, Boom was that I, I hadn't quite realized that it was coming out that soon but now that i recall i believe when uh, robin de jesus was our guest on the podcast a few mm-hmm. weeks ago he yeah. mentioned that it was that it was really pretty much you know ready and uh, robin plays the role of john's friend michael in the movie so that's another reason to be very excited about it uh the trailer looks really good uh, like most musical trailers it plays down the, the the fact that it's a musical but i think it still has more music than uh some other musical trailers i've seen it starts with the song boho days which um that's interesting because when jen tepper was our guest on the podcast a few weeks ago we discussed that that was a song that was originally in the show when jonathan larson first did it as a one-person show and then it was uh cut from the final uh you know revised version of tick tick boom that was completed after his death but it's a great song and and now it's it's back in uh so i think that's really wonderful the whole thing is exciting andrew garfield somehow um although he looks different from Jonathan Larson in some ways. In other ways, he looks exactly like him. Mm. Uh, And I think that's kind of neat. Uh, I'm very, very excited by that casting. Uh, And of course, I think his star power will also help the movie. So, uh, so, so, so much looking forward to it. So, uh, Jenna, there's been a little bit of pushback on the Tick, Tick, Boom trailer. What did you think about that? Oh, I... I it just made me laugh. Apparently, <laughs> uh, some people did not know that Jonathan Larson was not, in fact, gay. And there was a bit of outrage because, you know, the Internet outrage machine must be fed. <laughs> uh, there was some outrage about not gay Andrew Garfield playing not gay Jonathan Larson. And uh, it only lasted for a few minutes until people uh, did a little bit of research because, you know, Wikipedia is, in fact, a thing. Uh, but it was just kind of amazing to see this little flare up of Do you mean that originally some of these idiots um felt that uh, thought that Jonathan Larson was gay? They thought he was gay and they thought it was inappropriate that uh Andrew Garfield w- should play the part. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so bizarre, you know, considering that we're dealing with so much non-traditional casting. Why doesn't it extend that way too? Um I'm very surprised that people have reactions like that. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, not only that, but um, 
as as we are talking, this is, I guess, the opening weekend of In the Heights, the movie, uh, and uh, and Variety has seen to comment that um, the the weekend was expecting twenty million dollar box office over the weekend, but they now projecting it's only going to be thirteen million, and. Uh, uh, some people think this is a scandal, but I don't think this is a scandal. Peter, do you think it is? By no means. I mean, the point is, uh, from what I've read, and again, it was simply a, a note on all that chat, but mm-hmm. um, it was the number one movie. That's yeah. what counts. I mean, the fact is, a lot of people are not going to the theaters. They don't want to do that. They're a little gun shy. We have to ease our way back into it. So good Lord. I mean, if it's the number one movie, what's the problem? We mm-hmm. can infer that, indeed, if these were normal times, it would have been the number one movie with a bigger gross. But I mean, if it were the 12th movie of, of the week, OK, then they have a point. But good Lord. I mean, <laughs> what do you want more than a number one movie? I mean, that's what it comes down to. I'm not a scholar of uh, of the film industry, uh, but for all intents and purposes, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, school is not out, so it's mm-hmm. not a big summer movie that yet. It, it could happen. It's a beautiful weekend, at least in the Northeast United States, so yeah, it, it and it's not, it's not like – it's not like 90 degrees plus where you go to a movie for the air conditioning. It's like, you know, in the 70s and it's beautiful out. So people are spending it outside. I, I, I don't see this as a negative at all. And also the fact that it also opened on HBO Plus. Yep. Uh, at, concurrently with the big screen, uh, people are staying home and watching it on HBO Plus. I, I think that we have to take the long view on this. And as Peter has rightly pointed out, it's the number one movie in the United States. It kind of reminds me of how some people were flabbergasted that the audience, the TV audience for the Oscars was so, so low uh, compared Mm. to recent years. And I thought to myself, is it possible that people are that stupid that they that they can't figure out why that might be? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Never. Never underestimate how <laughs> dumb people could possibly yeah, be. Yeah, but now they all have a forum, you know, called yeah. the internet, and it's just it, – it, it's kind of uh, shocking sometimes. It really is. So on a positive note, uh, Tony Janicki, I think, Tony, you're, you're in the Chicago area. Is that true? Yeah. Tony, yeah Tony's, true. Tony was mentioning that uh, he went to see it in the movie theater, and it's the busiest he'd ever seen for any uh, other film that he's gone to see since March. He's been seeing films for the last couple of months. Uh-huh. Uh, Cheryl Hodges-Selden, also one of our listeners, has mentioned that her daughter went to go see it in Brooklyn, could not get a ticket, sold out. Wow. Could, couldn't see it. So, uh, you know, these are anecdotal and certainly not scientific, but just little stories here and there that I think that we're going con- to continue to hear about in the Heights. I have another anecdotal story. I'm going to see it in the IMAX theater at Lincoln Square on mm. Monday, and Ooh. there were not that many tickets left when I went and got mine the other day. Rob Johnson said Olka got a standing ovation on Friday night. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, wonderful. Nice. So, well deserved. Uh, yeah. Uh, well and deserved. Uh, I've only seen the trailer. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, the trailer is, in, uh, I'm just dying to see it. And uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Matt and Ashley and Grace are going to talk about it next week on This Week on Broadway and review it and talk in depth about different things in the uh, in the show. 
in the in the film. So we're all and good when you that. see it, whether you, you know on the big screen or the small, make sure you wait till the very very mm-hmm. end. Yeah, yes, yeah. of the end credits. <laughs> all right. Um, the other question becomes, uh, Michael, um, much change from the Broadway show. A lot of songs dropped. A lot of songs added. What I would not I would not say much. Uh, some significant things. There's a framing oh. device. Uh, uh-huh. uh, as I may have mentioned, yeah. I don't want to go into it further because it's it would be a spoiler. spoiler. I, yeah. I when I first saw it, I, I didn't like it so much, and I was a little confused. But then I thought about it some more, and it, it really kind of makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, another big change is the Priscilla Lopez character. Uh, has been eliminated. Oh, um, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, she is not there, and and and, and uh, her husband uh, is now a, a widower. Uh, I believe they say that yes. she died. Yes, it wasn't a divorce, correct? No, uh, yeah. she is. She has died. Yeah, she's died. They so, literally uh, killed off Priscilla Lopez. You don't do that. Yes, and I said, Jenna... Uh, she's uh, going to be in West Side Story too. <laughs> well, that would be nice, but I also commented, I mean, in a way, it's it's too bad they didn't keep it because she could have recreated her role. That would have been great. Yeah, uh, I'll but say. Whatever, whatever. We'll miss her, but she, but uh, it's a, just a wonderful, wonderful movie. Rob Johnston in the chat room points out that uh, nine songs have been cut, but they've been incorporated mm-hmm. into the dialogue of the film. Nine and songs? Wow. Nine songs, yeah. yeah. Uh, Variety sick. did a, uh, a, a coverage of the changes between the stage show and the, uh, and the film. And it is still uh, quite a, a long movie, even with the cuts, so I think they did the right thing. Oh, there, another interesting change is that the plot point uh, regarding the lottery ticket, yeah. Mm. Uh, the way that that plays out is changed a little bit. And I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that either, but it is interesting to see how they had an idea to do it very differently than what happens in the show. Hmm. Don't spoil. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there it is. So uh, uh, wh- the last thing that I want to say about this is that I have been really uh, looking around for – non-theatrical non-theater reviewers reviewing does that make sense i'm looking at Mm -hmm. people who don't typically review theater to review the film and i have never i have not seen anything but a rave for this movie Mm. Mm. so i am a good sign it's a good sign uh and uh it's very very interesting i i think it was also variety but it may have been something else that they were talking about how uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda still didn't have uh, the, the, enough power to make this movie happen after Hamilton wow. and, that, uh, and that it was uh, he talked about how he had to bring they brought in John Chu the director um, and he was able to uh, get the Hollywood studios to get this thing made so that that this there's so much really interesting stuff happening behind the scenes yes. within the heights and uh take a list uh take uh get over to HBO Max or get to a movie theater and and see it uh Matt Tamanini said he saw it on HBO Max and uh stopped in the middle of it and went to the movie theater to see the rest of it oh, because wow. he, he said it was so <laughs> so good so. And Lynn Manuel Miranda and Tommy Kale, who directed the original Broadway production of In the Heights, are now the co-owners of the beautiful new drama bookshop. Yeah. Oh gosh, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, it is beautiful. It really is. It is beautiful. Um, uh, it's. Uh, I think it's about 
the same square footage, maybe a little larger. I'm not sure. Does anybody know the figures on that? But I think it's, um, but anyway, there's also a, a place where you can get a couple of things to eat, which is right. kind of fun too. Um, and an area where you can sit, which is uh, wonderful. But it is a handsome, handsome shop. And they have, Ham- they have uh, Hamilton chairs in the Ham- in the drama book <laughs> shop. They have the, they, they're identical to the chairs used uh, by King George in, uh, in the uh, Hamilton pl- oh, I musical, didn't yeah, oh, I love so it. So it's uh, it's all designed by the same people. So and they are going to have a theater. It's not open yet. A theater in the basement because the reason for that is that the whole reason that uh, Lin Manuel and Tommy yeah, right uh, opened this new shop is because the old shop, the theater in the old shop, was the birthplace of In the Heights, yeah. and their their basically their careers. So um, really incredible situation. Uh, on the 10th, when they had their official uh, press preview, boy, uh, <laughs> it was amazing to run to people I hadn't seen for <laughs> 15 months. Yeah. And uh, But also the line um, for people wanting to get in, there was a ticket holders line, then there was an, another line for people who didn't have um, any way to get in. I'm telling you, um, I, I was there, I came out, and there was more people were still in the line than um, when I had gone in, both lines. So, so there really was great interest, and that was really nice. But but uh, but really handsome, beautifully organized, um, terrific books. Needless to say, um, it seemed to me the stock was even stockier than um, it had been in the old place. So uh, so that was, and of course, you know, the poor souls. Remember, there was a water damage thing that was so awful that ruined oh, yeah, so many right. books. You know, that uh, was really something. So in the old place, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was uh, that was something that was a real setback. I mean, as if they didn't have enough problems. Uh, that was another one. And um, so this really is quite the renaissance and of course um seeing the bookworm so to speak uh is fun too because there is a a a, a, a string <laughs> more than a string it has to be really heavy um with uh, one book after another chock-a-block um weaving its way through the store uh representing a bookworm and um <laughs> yes we are all bookworms when it comes to the drama bookshop because uh <laughs> we certainly have found uh, so many things there that we wanted to read or research or what have you so so uh yeah do get over there 38th street very close to 8th Avenue. You'll find it, and you'll find it delightful. Okay, Peter, do you have an answer to last week's trivia? The question was, on what original cast album? Well, an almost original cast album, a 99 and 44 100% original cast album. Can you hear a woman who won a competitive Tony, but not for this show, a man who won a few Emmys, as well as a man who won an Oscar? This question was so tough, I'm telling you. The album is Gypsy. Ethel Merman is the woman. She won for Call Me Madam. Jack Klugman is the first man. One Emmy for The Defenders and two for The Odd Couple. And the Oscar winner is Stephen Sondheim, who won for his song Sooner or Later from Dick Tracy. Sondheim played pop yeah. on the recording, filling in for Irv Harmon on Some People by saying, you ain't getting 88 cents from me, Rose. So that was really a terribly trick question, and only one person got it. Need I say it was Tony Janicki? And I got to say, you know, we always talk about how uh, he's so good at these, but this one I thought was really murder, and I'm telling you he got it within 13 seconds about the question being asked. So my hat is really off to him. Way to let's, go, Tony. Let's see how he does this week. <laughs> this week question. A number of actors made a film that was turned into a Broadway play many moons later. Each of them was in the original cast of these Broadway shows, some before the film and some act after. So that's one actor each in 
nowhere to go but up, a raisin in the sun, death of a salesman, waiting for Godot, Gypsy, Caligula, the body beautiful, Mr. Roberts, the crucible, all my sons, the physicists, and period of adjustment, nine plays, three musicals. Those shows are listed in the order for a specific reason. And while I'd like you to tell me that too, I'll be satisfied if you can just name the actors and name the film. Felicia throwing down the gauntlet. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, J. Aubrey Jones, um, who certainly plays this game uh, quite a bit, said, you know, I'm I, I, I like Brigadoon. I like when you do plays, you know. So um, mm. under those circumstances, here's nine plays and three musicals. So something for everyone. All right. If you have an answer for that, email us at trivia at broadwayradio.com. We'll let you know if you're on the right track. So, Michael, what do we have in this week's musical moment? Well, our musical moment, of course, is a, a musical moment from the great Marilyn May. And uh, there's a wealth of material available online, I'm happy to say, uh, both video and audio, just many, many beautiful mementos of her career. Uh, so it was hard to decide what to pick, but I thought I would pick a ballad because I think it's fair to say that Marilyn is most famous for her, uh, you know, uptune, jazzy, uh, really, really, really energetic performances. But she also could sing a ballad as well as anyone. And, and I think this track proves it. And it is, it only takes a moment oh. from, yes, from Hello, Dolly. Uh, Marilyn had a hit, as, as we discussed, uh, with the title song of Hello, Dolly around the time that the show came out. Uh, but she also recorded an entire album of Hello, Dolly, in which she sings all the songs in it, <laughs> almost all the songs in it, uh, not only the ones sung by the title character. And the, uh, of course, it only takes a moment is sung in the show by Cornelius Hackle and Irene Malloy and the chorus. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful Jerry Herman song. And I think you will agree when you hear this gorgeous recording that Marilyn was just as great with ballads and is just as great with ballads as she is with other types of songs. All right. So that wraps it up for this week. On behalf of Peter Felicia, Jenna Tessa Fox, and Michael Portantier, this is James Marino saying thanks so much for listening to Broadway Radios This Week on Broadway. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It only takes a moment for your eyes to meet And then your heart knows In a moment you will never be alone again He held me for an instant but his arms felt sure and strong It only takes a moment To be loved a whole life long I've heard it said that love must grow that to be sure 
You must be slow I saw you smile And now I know I listen to just my heart That smile made me trust my heart When you held me for an instant But your arms felt safe and strong It only takes a moment To be loved a whole life long And that is all that love's about And we'll recall When time runs out That it only Took a moment To be loved A whole 